On this episode of the Girl Talk Podcast... I, I think about the, the scripture in the Bible that says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. I've always uh-huh. read that verse and been like, how can you right? consider it joy? I mean, like, that don't even make sense. Failures only become your favorite after time and healing. You're listening to the Girl Talk Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Concurrently, the News Coach Podcast. My name is Carol. I'm Kelly. I'm Trisha. And I have to start this podcast by telling you how I stumbled upon this question. And when you hear the question, you're going to completely know why I use the word stumbled upon. So I have this program, this training program that I'm a part of. And one of the trainers, they're all on a screen, so I don't have any interaction with them. But one of the, the trainers on the screen said during the end of one of the workouts, I want you to think about your favorite failure. And I was like, I, I was like, mm. what? You know, and, and, and so mm. I wrote that down in my journal. I was like, my favorite failure. And she went on to say that we all needed to think about our favorite failure because failure in life always teaches us something. And so I started to think about that question and I wanted to bring it to you girls today because I think Although this was not spiritual in nature, I think there's a spiritual aspect of turning failure into a positive rather than a negative. I think that's the only way, in my opinion, that you can turn failure into a positive is through the spiritual lens of what God's doing. And so I wanted to to bring that question to you guys today because I thought it would make an interesting discussion. So what is your favorite failure? Do either well, one of you want to go first? Sure. I'd okay. be happy to. I love the fact that you called it favorite or that your trainer called it favorite and yeah. not greatest. Right. Right. Because our greatest failures don't always end up being the things that God uses to change us. Sometimes yeah. those are just things that we're humbled by. But um, mm-hmm. my favorite failure um, was actually when I did not obey the call to go into ministry when I was called in high school. God clearly told me in high school, I want you to go into ministry. Wow. Um, I went to college for that purpose. While I was in college, I took a different track. I changed my major. I started out as a religion major. I changed. I didn't want, I said, I don't want to do religion. I don't want to have to do that for four years and then go to seminary. And um, I fell into fundraising Hmm. and through a kind of variety of different things, fell into fundraising. And for the longest time, um, really for probably 20 years, thought that that was a huge failure, thought that I had been disobedient, thought that I had run away from God's call until I got the call to come here. Mm. And God basically said to me, Kelly, I've been working out a plan in your life all along. <laughs> it was not a failure. It was you working out my plan. Mm. Mm. And I needed you to have all the experiences that you had and truly honestly be disobedient so that you could learn obedience Mm, so that you could learn to be submissive to me when I wanted you when it was time for you to be submissive to me and do the things that I'd called you to do I needed you to do that and so um so he was working it all out all along the whole time he was working out my failure and what I really wrestled with the guilt of Mm. you know walking away and Lo and behold, God had a plan. <laughs> Look at that. God yeah. had a plan to bring yeah. me here Only into God ministry. God can right. use disobedience to right. eventually achieve obedience, right? Right. Yeah. What about you, T? I, after that? Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Hold on. Well, I'm still struggling with the question. Okay. 
Let's because talk about that. That's, a, that's an interesting question to yeah. me. I'm sort of blown away by that because, oh, I have a whole list of failures in my life, but I'm trying to decide what does it mean to have a favorite failure. So much of the time I have connected failure with shame. Mm. So I don't know how to understand it as a failure. Can we dive into sure. that a little deeper? Absolutely. I think probably what messed with me the most, because I could not stop thinking about that question after she asked it. Um, but, you know, um, I, I think about the the scripture in the Bible says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. I've always uh-huh. read that verse and been like, how can you right? consider it joy? I mean, like, that don't even make sense. Like, yay, I'm going through this. But <laughs> I th- for trials. Yeah, I think the, the thing that actually hit me as I thought about what my favorite failure was, was that failures only become your favorite after time and healing. Those were the oh. two things that kind of bubbled to the surface, for me at least. Yeah. Okay. Like, I needed time to see and time to heal, and then I could, like, turn and look in the rearview mirror and go, oh, that. Because mm. here's mine. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. give you mine. Yeah. Because mine does not sound like that this should be on a, a podcast of Jesus-loving girls. Okay? So my failure doesn't sound like it belongs there. And, and I... Well, so I, I'm using that as a disclaimer, kind of. Yes. So don't turn it off. Hear me out here. But my divorce is my favorite failure. Now that doesn't sound like something that you would hear on a podcast that claims to believe in the Bible, mm-hmm. because we all know mm-hmm. God hates mm-hmm. divorce. God does not hate divorced people. Say it again. God hates divorce. God does not hate divorced people. And so. The the my greatest uh, or, or my favorite failure is my divorce, not because of the pain that I went through or the failure of my marriage, but because of what I learned about God mm. through that situation. Mm. Okay. I would not have the relationship with God today that mm. I have had it not been for that situation. Um, I would not. Um, I, I just wouldn't have a depth to that relationship. I hadn't at that point in my life, really tested the word of God, if you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying there. Yeah. You know, like, I think a lot of times, and this is where I was at when when my life kind of fell apart, I had a relationship with God that was a very nice thing to have in addition to my very nice life. Mm. It was like an accessory, like a good pair of earrings or some really brilliant lipstick, right? But it wasn't a necessity. And and when when I went through my divorce... I had to, like, I'm not over-emotionalizing or exaggerating the fact that I had to have Jesus to take my very next breath. Like, I couldn't do it on my own. I remember very vividly, I recounted this with a friend of mine this week, I remember very vividly standing in the nursery of uh, my my two-year-old's little room and thinking, I've got to get it together for this child. Like, this kid needs me and she needs to see and understand that brokenness is not a period at the end of God's sentence. It's just a beginning. And so, but, but mm. I went through wow. a serious de- bout with depression, a serious bout with um, guilt and shame, as you, you know, talked about mm-hmm. and alluded to already, mm-hmm. and even felt that some from the body of Christ, there was a small but very vocal group of people who thought I shouldn't be allowed to do ministry anymore. And so I felt disqualified in a lot of different areas. But God began to do a work in me during that time that I didn't even, I don't even think I realized at the time what was going on. But I would meet my mentor once a week 
and we would she would sit down with scripture with me and it wasn't even necessarily scripture about brokenness or scripture about hurt or any of that or scripture about marriage even but we we would go through the scripture together just taking passage and 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 letting me process through my hurt with the lens of scripture and you know now I mean gosh it's almost been 14 years later um, I can say that's my favorite failure, but it took healing and it took time. I couldn't call that my favorite failure had I not done both of those, gone through both of those kind of check boxes. So to sum that up, what makes it your favorite failure? Uh, the the depth that I have in my relationship with God now. As a result, as a result of, of that. Yeah. Okay. And okay. I'll add to that the level of ministry that you're able to mm. uh, bring to uh, people who are in the same situation who might find themselves either divorced now or in the future, Um, people who are single moms. um, You have an incredible Mm -hmm. ministry that um, you may not have, you would not, you certainly would not have the same kind of ministry today had you not gone through that failure. Yeah. And Uh, and even in that time when I was feeling very disqualified, um, I could not see that. You know, I could not see that. All I could see were people saying, you're, you know, you're a blemish on the Billy Graham uh, name and integrity and all those things. I couldn't see that. But it was almost as if that's when my ministry started because people said, oh, you're just like me. And I had never said anything to put myself on a pedestal because y'all know if you've listened to this podcast anytime at all, that's the total opposite mm-hmm. of me. But, but I think people just in their mind thought that there was something different. And, and that event in particular um, spoke volumes to just say, I'm human just like you. And when I, when I get hurt, I bleed too. And, you know, all of those things, but processing through it and having a, uh, a community around me that allowed me to still do ministry, even though I was going through this extreme brokenness in my life, was, was such a gift. And I realized not everybody gets that, you know. And so... I, I almost felt like I shouldn't bring that to the table today because it sounds so counter, you know, somebody might hear that and take and run with it. Well, Carol's Carol's thankful for her divorce. It's it's not the divorce. I, with Mm -hmm. all my heart, wish it had worked out. The thankful part comes when what I tested of God and found out to be true in the middle of my brokenness. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And it's helping me try to figure out what you meant and then what what my favorite failure can be. Yeah. It's even hard to say those words. Yeah. Um, what you learned about God, and from both of you, that was really powerful. So it boils down to what you learn about God through the failure. And something you said is very powerful to me. Brokenness is the beginning. Mm. Brokenness is the beginning, but it's not the ending. Mm. Then God comes in and takes the failure, takes the shame, and makes it your testimony, your ministry, your message, your job, your direction. Mm. So with that in mind, I was thinking, I think probably my favorite failure was um, was a day, a day that uh, God changed my life forever, a day that God showed me that I was moving full bore in the wrong direction. And he showed me that I had to change. And I was living in New York City at the time. I was working... Um, at a restaurant, which I hated because I was trying to um, have a career in acting. Mm. So I was auditioning and I had applied for um, NYU grad school and I did not make it. I was the first alternate, Mm. which broke my heart because it was so close, but yet 
no one pulled out. Usually someone pulls out right. and the first alternate makes it in. I didn't I didn't get in. So that was crashing down on me. I was looking at my life, living in this dump in New York City, trying, you know, just I you know, making ends meet barely working at this restaurant that I couldn't stand, and I was so filled with anger. And I remember I'd started smoking. Think about that for a second. I'm very interested in health. Mm -hmm. And I was trying anything. I'd try anything to make myself feel better. And I remember in New York City, like, well, maybe, maybe smoking will help me feel better. And so I was walking down the street. I may have had a cigarette in my hand at that time, and I just was so dreading the day that was before me. I had to work a double shift at this restaurant and I was crossing the street, and in New York City, the drivers are crazy, and the mm-hmm. walkers are crazy, and everybody's crazy. So I was crossing the street, and this cab driver came right beside me, almost hitting me, right? Mm. And all of the rage inside of me from my life, from my direction, from my non-connecting with God, all of the rage just rage, just roared inside of me. And I took my hand, and I slapped the hand— the, the taxi cab, as hard as I could, I banged it like that, and I flipped the guy off, like, Ugh! yeah. And I just this moment of anger and rage and despondency and hopelessness. Mm. And when that happened, you know, the cab driver probably flipped me off and drove <laughs> off. It happened to him twelve times that day. Yeah. But for me, it was like, wait a minute, who have I become? Mm. Who is this? This isn't me. This isn't the the girl that's been brought up in a Christian home. This isn't the girl who wants to live a good life and honor God. And it just was so profound that moment. Yeah. And it was it was God saying, Trisha, this is not the right way. Mm. And the whole experience was a failure. But it, that day, later that day, I ended up talking to this girl at the restaurant where I worked. She was going to church and we were talking about our faith. She invited me to church. Mm. I hadn't been in years. I hadn't even considered going to church, but she invited me to church. And I thought, well, people go to church. I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> and so I, I stuck my toe back in and I, I started going back to church. And mm. it's a long story, but it started on that day with that failure. Mm. And God used it to slowly, lovingly lead me to completely change my life, rededicate my life to Jesus um, change everything. I stopped acting. I went back to school. I started exercising. I started running. I gave up any, any of the smoking things, just all of the things. Mm. Then God picked me up and, and, and moved me. And, and here I am at this radio ministry. Mm. When you think Mm. about that moment on that New York city street, flipping off a cab driver Mm. to sitting here and getting to tell you what God has done in my life, it blows my mind. So yeah. I guess that's my favorite failure. Yeah. And 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 that was like, I love that you use the word moment because for some of us, it's a, I feel like that was like a wake up call for it you. It was. And for me, it was a life change. You know, for you, you felt like disobedience. It's, it's all different, different. angles. Unique. Right. Mm-hmm. And of, I love yeah. hearing how God has used all of those failures yeah. for his good and mm-hmm. his yeah. glory. Yeah. yeah. You know, that we wouldn't be sitting around these microphones having this conversation right now yeah. had all three of us not had those failures. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Excuse me. Chill bumps. I know. It's, it's amazing how eyes. God can use anything. Right. He can use anything. anything. He can use our success, if you will, right. but he can use our failure. And I, I've realized in the course of this conversation that what makes a failure feel like shame is because 
we think we're supposed to be doing it when it's yeah. actually God doing yeah. it. Yeah. And the, that failure is when you feel like you've let yourself down versus it being God taking whatever it is and making it beautiful. Yeah. And I think we've talked before, too, about the difference in guilt and shame uh-huh. and that shame is of the enemy. You know, uh-huh. if, that, if you uh-huh. are stuck in that cycle of shame for a past failure, mm-hmm. it, that is not of God. He does provide guilt and helps us, um, provides that conviction. The Holy Spirit provides the conviction to say, hey, you've done something wrong. You have failed and you need to you need to write it. You need to come to me. You need mm-hmm. to bring your failures to me and let me work uh, through that failure for my glory and for your good. Mm. Uh, but shame is never from, from God. That is not the way he operates. And if you're feeling shame, um, you know, take that to the Lord take right now. Right. Let that go. Don't let get it, get out of control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also would say that if you are in the middle of a failure, maybe your life's falling apart like mine, or you've had a moment like Trisha or, uh, a, you know, a disobedience like Kelly was mentioning, I want to say to you, because I think the tendency is to come across like we're some hyper spiritual um, because we can see those as positive things. I, can I just talk real frankly with you right now? You're not going to see it right now. If you're in the middle of it, you're not going to see it right now. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. Like whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever failure it is, know that there is not like a checkbox for okay. This is it's not it's not like a five step process that you go right. through. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to take two steps forward and five steps back, and then you're going to take seven steps forward and one step back. I mean, you know, it, it's not something that you can put on a timeline. But over time, you can look back and see the things because I think the tendency is to want to just learn the lesson when we're in the middle of it, and I don't think you can do that, or at least that's not how right. it's worked in my life. Right. Like I have to get, I have, there's has to be some distance between the actual failure and the, the me seeing, cause I'm slow Mm -hmm. and it takes me a while to go, Oh, that's where you were going with all that. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I have an image in my head that popped in when you were talking about that. It's like when you're in the ocean, you can't see the ocean, right? When you're in a Hmm. pool, when you're in water, you can't see the body of water. You got to get up and out. Then you can see the scope of whatever it is that you were in. But when you're in it, you're in it. And you got to ask God's help to get out of it. And then you can see the scope of it. That is powerful. That's a powerful word picture of of what it does feel like. Yeah, it's awesome. It's also a good reminder, too, that God sees the long view of our lives. Mm-hmm. What we see is even the short view there. Yeah. And, and to be honest, there may be failures in your life that you'd never see on this side of heaven, the blessing that came from it. You don't, because you just don't understand. That you never true. see the, you know, the completion of what God's doing um, in that particular circumstance, but God sees it and yeah. God knows and I truly and fully trust that when we get to heaven, God's going to reveal that stuff to mm. us and remind us of how he was with us through all the moments of our life. Every time we failed, every time we succeeded, every time we learned a lesson, um, all of that. Every time we tried. Yeah. Every time we tried. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, God was right there with us the entire time. And he sees the he sees the big plan. He's working all things out for our good, right, and for his glory. That's and he's not surprised. Right. Yeah, when we fail. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's not right. because of that very reason. And it's he not. Knew. Yeah, it's not our job to understand how. Yeah, <laughs> I think we live with this like, okay, one day we're going, and, and when we get to heaven, we might. 
But it's not our job to understand how. He never said that. That's true. He just said, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. And that is the theme of my life. If I had to put a banner over my life, it's been like learning daily how to trust God with the little things, the big things, the in-between things, but just saying, I don't understand it, but I trust you. That's faith. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, if we want to go to Hebrews and look at the definition of faith, it has nothing to do with us knowing or projecting or uh, understanding. It all has to do with us trusting. And one of the things I think we do as believers, we're like, well, we just need to know. We just need to know the five-year plan. We need to know the 10-year plan. You know, none of that. God just says, nope, just trust me, just trust Mm -hmm. me, just trust me, just trust me. And every time you do that, you you, I think you get a little bit closer to uh, his heart, and and he reveals a little bit more of the plan to you when you when you make the choice to trust him, right? True. Yes. So if you're sitting in the middle of a failure today, just know that it's probably going to take some time. But let's let's kind of build a framework for someone who's listening to this podcast today and says, "Okay, I'm right in the middle of it. I'm in the thick of it. What are some things that I can do?" To make sure that I am making this available for God to use. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think um, prayer. Mm. I mean, we talk about that a lot. But yeah. prayer really is um, the number one thing. Yeah. When you're going through a failure, a success, a challenge, a trial, whatever it is, taking it to him and helping him tell you how he's going to use it Mm. and to give you peace in the process. Mm. Because like you said, you may not be able to see on the outside of it right now. You may just be able to see a little bit ahead and um, God will reveal all those things to you in his own time. Yeah. But prayer is the place to start. Sure. Sure. I will say, find yourself some, uh, biblically based people to walk alongside you mm-hmm. because there will be days when you don't believe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can I even say that on this? Can I, I mean, there will be days you don't believe sure. there will be days that you question God. There will be days where you shake your fist at him and think, what in the world are you doing? I've done all the right things. I've, you know, read my Bible. I've gone to church. I've tied I mean, you just list off all the good things that you've done. But here's the thing. <laughs> You've got to have people walking alongside you who can believe for you on those days where it's hard to believe. Um, I would not be where I am today had it not been for some people who stepped in when everybody else stepped out. And there will be a lot of people who step out, you know, depending on what kind of failure you find yourself in. There will be people who step out. Consider that a blessing because they weren't really interested in you. <laughs> They were interested in their own agenda or they can't handle it or it strikes at something in their heart and life. I don't know what the reason, but there will be people who disappear. But then there will be people who come closer. Pay attention to that and allow them to walk alongside you with and through this this failure. Do you have something that you'd like to add? Well, for sure, what you have both said, I would maybe add um, at least something that has helped me is journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, with the idea that you're holding on loosely to your plan, mm. holding on loosely to my plan. I might have an idea. Hey, God, here's this great idea. But he is going to be the one who's going to be able to take where you are, where I have been, where I'm going to be again, and make it good. Um, and so journaling, 
reminding yourself that it's God's plan, memorizing scripture mm. that's related to that. Yeah. Um, because when you don't know, go back to what you do know about God. And if you write that down, there's something about writing that, that takes it further in my mind and my heart. I just, I write it down. I can see it. It just becomes more part of me. And so I do that with scripture yeah. um, and just reminding yourself that God can take this, whatever mm. it is, and he can make something beautiful out of it. And it may be your ministry moving mm. forward. Yeah. Just remember that failure is not final. It's not the period at the end of the sentence. God is doing something greater and bigger than you can see right now. But don't get stuck there. Continue to walk. Continue to step forward. Even if it's a teeny tiny little step, just continue to move forward. Know that we're praying for you. Um, if there's a particular way that we can pray, you're always welcome to email us, girltalk at thelightfm.org. We'd love to join you in prayer as you heal, as you get some time under your belt, and as you choose your favorite failure and allow God to make it your greatest victory. That is our prayer for you. Hey, we are excited about something coming up on May the 4th. What's coming up on May the 4th, <laughs> We are excited. I'm glad what you asked, Kelly. <laughs> Girl Talk Live coming back to you. We are so excited to bring Girl Talk Live to Nebo Crossing in Marion, North Carolina. Yes. And uh, very soon we'll have more details for you on how you can get your tickets, how you can sign up, bring your girlfriends, what all is going to be going on that night. We'll have complete details for you, but we wanted to go ahead and mention it so you can save the date. Thursday, May the 4th at Nebo Crossing in Marion, North Carolina. We sure hope to see you there. We'd love to hug your neck, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll get back to you with more details coming. Always it's going to be fun. a great time of fellowship, yeah. of digging into God's Word together, Yep. Um, and goodies. We always have goodies to we give away. We always have the branded Girl Talk goodies. I know, so. and the latest round of goodies oh, yeah. I think might be our best yet. We've got something very exciting, maybe. Yeah. Yep. So, And it's always better when you're with us. Yeah, and you got to be there to get one. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only way you get it. So, and bring your girlfriends because we know that community matters. So come and bring, you know, bring your two favorite girlfriends with you when you come. Yeah, May the fourth, Marion, North Carolina. Hope to see you at Nebo Crossing, and uh, we will get back to you with more details. And we'll see you next time we gather around these microphones for the next Girl Talk podcast.